Hey everybody and welcome to episode 96 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, welcome to episode 96 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Been getting some, uh, yeah, lots of good feedback on all the episodes so far, so okay, keep on coming. And, and today's episode, you know, I've actually moved it up for you because I really want to get this interview out. Um, before we get into this, um, lots, lots going to be happening on the Revival Cell shop soon. We'll be getting, um, we've got some good episodes coming up. We're getting some red light therapy devices on there soon as well. Can be adding a few more things to the, to the shop as well um, in terms of different products and supplements, things I think you'll really benefit from. Um, and we want to get that link with Ancient Purity up soon too. Um, but lots of things there. If you green drinks, probiotics, milk thistle for your liver, um, all different teas that we've got there, uh, and Restore from the Finchley Clinic. That's a phenomenal product. So uh, if you're looking for any of your products, www.reviveyourself.co. Go into the shop. They're all there. And you know, lots of articles on the Revive Yourself site. Lots, just have a look through all the headings that we've got. Just put in the search bar and have a little look for what you need. And if you are struggling with a health issue and you want some one-to-one support, then the quickest uh, way to go about that is to give me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co. Now, having said that, um, you know, I know it's a new year and people always want to make new year, new me, etc. And that's fine, you know, I'm not, I'm not against that at all. Um, what, I, what I'd say is make yourself some goals that are realistic. Don't st- People grossly overestimate what they can do in uh, a week and they massively underestimate what they can do in a year. Don't, if you've made goals for yourself and, you, and then you have a little slip up, just throw the baby out of the bathwater. Um, not saying, it's just, you know, all or nothing approaches never work um, long term because ultimately human, there's going to be things where you may not be able to, to diet or work out or you may be somewhere where you know things just aren't uh, it's just not uh, um, op- the optimal choice isn't available and so you have to adapt and so that's absolutely fine it's not what you do every now and again that that's the problem it's what you do all the time that's the big issue so just put your values down have a little write about I, I said this to my actual clients this week a little task to them and that was put your values down what are the things that you'd love to achieve this year and especially in the next two to three months how do you want to feel how do you want to look um what how's your body want to feel what what sort of shape do you want to be in what sort of company do you want to keep how do you want your relationships both romantic and obviously friendships and, and what and, and, your, and your job i suppose relationships relationships you've got at your work also what about your work is it the job you want to be doing do you want to see yourself somewhere else can you start putting things in place for that and, and what values have you got you know if you can't see yourself having any goals and what you want to achieve and where you want to be then the other way to look at it is what's your nightmare what don't you want to look like what don't you want to feel like what what would be your worst nightmare if you had to get out of bed every morning and face it uh, how you look how you feel your friends your family your job just your life in general and when you know what that looks like then do everything you can to, to avoid it so that's a little thing for today guys and girls your values what are your values how do you want to how do you want to live and how do you want 
yeah, and how do you want this year and ultimately the rest of your life to be? Very important. Once you get your values, you know, if you don't have a, a dream, you can easily be stuck in your nightmare. But once you've got a dream, there's no need for a nightmare so you can move forward. Um, okay. So, that said, this week's episode, someone that I've been wanting to get on the show for about, I mean, it's probably just under a year, maybe about eight months. Someone I've pestered and pestered and pestered because he's been a very, very busy man. And I eventually got him. So don't worry, guys, if someone, someone's not available, I will keep on trying and trying. And that man is Matt Embury. Um, I saw his film around about, I suppose it must have been at the same time, about eight months ago, um, on, I think it was iTunes or maybe Netflix. It's called Living Proof. If you haven't watched it, look it up, go and watch it, please. Now, Matt was diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis when he was 19. And this documents... Well, his film documents the journey that he went through to not having a symptom in 22 years. Even though he got diagnosed when he was 19, he hasn't had a symptom in 22 years. And that's from the diet and the lifestyle that he leads and the amount of research that him and his father did. And it's quite remarkable. You know, I've had family or very, very close family friends that have had life, their life devastated by multiple cirrhosis. And all they were given was the medical drugs and medical industry. And his film goes into the amount of money that, that the charities get and how much they spend and where it goes, which is very, very shocking, the amount of money. And especially when it comes to about, about £100,000 spent or $100,000 spent on nutrition. You know, it's in the, in the hundreds of millions what they've got. It's ridiculous. And um, goes into the research he's done. He's gone and spoke around America with his father. And it's amazing how the MS Society just doesn't want to know. Um, and he's got some really good interviews with top quality doctors, especially Dr. Embers, who's the top neurologist in the world. He says about the pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, in fact, I'll let that discussion, I'll, let that, I'll leave that for the interview. And I'll leave that um, discussion for the interview. So without further ado, here is Matt Embry um, from the film Living Proof and also from the website mshope.com where he's got lots of free information for anyone suffering with MS so here he is enjoy and I'll see you on the other side you said you're in a mountain time whereabouts actually you? yeah I'm in Calgary Alberta which is just outside the mountains right perfect that's uh was it Calgary the the uh, <laughs> Jamaican bobsled was it in Calgary then do you know a uh, cool one? That's right, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it's very. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. yeah, it looks like it's cold. Is it cold? Yeah, it's pretty cold, but it's been cold for a while, so let's get used to it, right? Yeah, we were um, one of my. Uh, so as I said before, I had a, I had a wedding in Canada this year, um, oh. and we was in Saskatoon. Yeah. Nowhere. Um, it was pretty warm when we were out there, but they tell me it gets to like minus fifty. Um, oh, yeah, it can get pretty cold, yeah. And that's, uh, it sounds unbearable. Yeah, it's really, it's, I, I can't say I'm a huge fan, but. Yeah, fair enough. It's here, so. Yeah, cool. So we tried to get you, I've been trying, I've been pestering you for the last six months to try and get you on. So it's nice to finally have you here. Oh, no worries. I apologize if I was, uh, we was pretty busy there for a bit, so I kind of lost track of some emails and messages and stuff, so. No, it's completely, I can completely understand. It's, I just, I keep on, persistence is key in this game, because uh, you've got a fascinating story, and I really want our audience in the UK, um, in fact, I hope we've got people in America, all over um, Canada as well, um, one of the guys I've had on interview as well, Jason Christoph, out in Canada, he's got a huge audience of like 250,000 as well, we're going to get oh. it out to. So it's really, um, it's really great to have you on because I want people to understand. So, um, 
we were going to the film and we're going to MS Hope, etc. But just for people out there, um, Matt, what what is well? First of all, what is multiple cirrhosis, and what was your journey into this? Because you 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 didn't have it from that when you had it about at nineteen. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, so multiple sclerosis is a, is a debilitating neurological condition where the, where the body slowly breaks down. People start losing, say, motor function, um, and ultimately, I guess, respiratory paralysis and death occurs. But it's, it's a long process uh, for the body to break down. I mean, you know, between 30 and 35 years normally, I mean, there is a small percentage who, who, get, uh, who get really debilitated really quickly. But for the majority of people, it's a very long and slow process. Um, what we've been told, uh, steady downhill decline. Uh, many people have been told this. Um, and I was diagnosed at 19 years old, which is now over 23 years ago. And I'm currently symptom-free. Perfect. And so for most people, I mean, everyone is different, right? So everyone's constitution is different, etc. But for people, so you say 23 years ago you got diagnosed. Yeah. So for people generally into 23 years of diagnosis, where would where would they normally be right now? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, that's not a good situation, right? I mean, the, um, the the probably the most awful term I've heard a neurologist describe it is the time from cane bed dead. So cane. the question is, yeah, cane bed dead. So how long it takes to get to a cane, how long it takes to get to a wheelchair, how long it takes to get to a bed, and then ultimately death. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I just recently on my Facebook uh, made a call out. And I've got, you know, thousands of followers all over the world. And I said, if there anyone who has had multiple sclerosis for 23 years or more who did the traditional path, that is symptom-free. Anyone. And I haven't had one, one person, right, and say, yeah, I'm good after 23 years. Mm, right? Just, taking the traditional path. Yeah, so so for people out there, because I mean, I, I've got, um, it's quite close to home, my... My family have very close friends that um, had a, well, people had MS who ruined their life. Um, obviously, it ruined not just the person who had it, its life, it also ruined the family's life because you know there's not much you can do, uh, and they was wheelchair bound for years and years and years before for death. But for so it's quite it's awesome to have you on there, and it means it's the same as who we say to any, any same we say to most of our guests: the way you heal anything is the way you heal everything with a few subtle changes. And it seems to be diet and lifestyle are always the major factors. Now, just for people, I mean that we're going to that, but just for people out there, what is a traditional approach to someone who has MS? What would be the traditional conventional approach from the medical industry? I mean, I can't speak to exactly what it is now because, to be honest, I don't even go to a neurologist. So, I, I mean, the, the traditional path that you know, I would, I would, have was exposed to would be, you know, you'd go, you get your, you get your MRI, which is, you know, they're checking to see what your brain and spine are like, how many lesions, and then there's a recommendation of a number of uh, multiple sclerosis drugs uh, that are out there right now, pharmaceuticals, which claim to slow the. Uh, not, not, which actually claim to reduce the number of relapses you have and to, I believe, reduce the magnitude of the relapses. But again, I'm not too sure exactly what their claims are right now with the, with the current cool. the current drugs out there. So it's literally just drugs. That's what they can give you. 
Yeah, and then it would be a, either injectable drugs, which were that was going on for a, a long period of time. I think it still is today, or oral medication, or now they're doing you know infusions every couple of years, right? Or sorry, every few months. So like that, that is the traditional path. And I mean, years ago they they recommended not even to exercise. I mean, it was they advised against it uh, for a certain period of time. Mm, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. you, your clip that you've got on your page, actually, but everyone's not following uh, MS Hope, go and follow that, and also Matt Embry. I mean, I think, I think you've actually got, you can follow follow Matt, I think you might have too many friends at the moment, but you've got a clip there with Dr. Ebers, who, he's a renowned um, neurologist, he's studied over, I think, 35,000 different papers, um, multiple sclerosis researcher, and he yeah. said there's no evidence that any MS drug will ever have an effect on the long-term progression of MS. Yes, so why would you ever take one? Yeah, and I mean, I'm thankful that you've picked up on that. I mean, I've done, I've done, you know, so many interviews, and like, I think you're the first person who who's talked about uh, what Doctor Eber, the prestigious Doctor Eber's, had to say about this. Uh, it's it's amazing, actually, that you know we've got this expert in the film. So I appreciate you actually talking about it because he is one of the top neurologists in the world. When it comes to multiple sclerosis, like over 35,000 citations, was the head of Oxford for 17 years, and more or less comes out and says, there's no evidence that these drugs have an effect on the long-term progression. And when we ask him, would you take any of the drugs, he says no. Mm. He says no, and he also says, I take my risk with the disease. Yeah. Uh, so. and, and the clip after it is you just reeling off the amount of side effects of these drugs. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, and I, ju I, I just, so those are all the side effects, which, I mean, how many of those side effects are symptoms that could be, that are described as multiple sclerosis symptoms? Mm -hmm. And I, I just posted last night on my Facebook, um, this, this class action lawsuit you can be part of for the gadolinium that they put in you for the MRIs. Yeah. And when you read those symptoms, you're like, those symptoms are so similar to MS symptoms. So how many people are out there with, with MS symptoms? who are experiencing side effects of the drug they're taking or they're experiencing side effects of the gadolinium that they're having maybe once or twice a year for their MRIs. It's and the, who's going to answer that question? Um, it's the same with vaccines. Like the vaccine side, one of the side effects is actually the disease. It's the same with chemotherapy. Right. <laughs> side effects of chemotherapy is cancer. It's the same with all these things. It's almost like I, you, you couldn't make it up. You know, you couldn't make it up. And so with these, so this, for, for Matt, when you got this, when you were nine, so you got diagnosed when you were nineteen. Yeah. Was there, was there, like, what did you notice happening before that? What was, what was the telltale signs? I mean, how long before that did you think you actually probably had it, or what was going on? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, looking back, I did have some weird symptoms that went all the way back to when I was in uh, elementary school, like grade six. Uh, weird, just kind of weird, unexplainable things, uh, but not that would go away. That weren't really long lasting, but then when I had uh, my, I guess, big exacerbation in 1995, that's when you know there were some really objective symptoms I couldn't ignore, and that included numbness and hypersensitivity and leg spasms, and and then ultimately reflex issues and eye coordination issues, which I wasn't aware of those last two until I actually went to the the doctor with they were able to recognize those things, and then with the MRI and then the number of lesions in my brain and spine. Yeah, the the lesions in your brain and spine. My, my yeah, the eye one is um, one that I only just just come across. Um, one of my friends has actually got something similar. And they were testing him for MS, 
um, for that um, depth, losing depth perception in his eyes, not like being able to know what's going on. It's for someone who's a, who was a sportsman as well. It's very um, like it's, well, it's you lose your identity, I suppose. It's something that can be. I mean, you were a sportsman at the time, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. You play yeah. American football. You still am. Yeah, still are. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, but but when when so when you got diagnosed, how long? Were you doing the traditional approach, and how much did you notice that increase your symptoms? I should say, how long did it take you to start going down this path? Like, when did you start noticing? What what made you search for this? Yeah, well, we started. I started the steroids. So, I mean, back then there weren't a lot of MS medications at that time. I mean, the the interferons were interferon was just coming on. Right, uh, it was just being tested back then, or their experiments. But anyhow, we the and the steroids. To be honest, they did. Um, they did take out the leg spasticity that that would occur, right. uh, but there were a number of symptoms that, that kept receiving, kept kept happening. And that uh, again, I was I'm lucky. My dad was a research scientist. Uh, he's, he is a research scientist, and he just he just started going at it right away. Uh, both my parents, my, my my mom. I remember even my mom like weirdly. I think I remember driving home from the doctor and her saying something like, "Diet has to have something to do with this." Like. Was that was you, know you, mean? Was, like, you was you nineteen then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think even driving home from the hospital, she said right. that in the car. I, I I recall that. And you know what's weird, man? What's weird? And I get I haven't told a lot of people this. A month before my diagnosis, before my attack, I had this huge sense that I had to change my diet. It's the weirdest, but that is the truth. Like this overwhelming feeling that my diet had to shift, right? And then mm-hmm. bang. So anyhow, then my dad gets into it. He. Um, and then within, I would think within six weeks, within a month, you know, we were already had started because there was already, I mean, Dr. Swank, his stuff was out there already. And Judy Graham, uh, who's in the film, that book was already out there. I don't know if my dad had read that one yet, but he definitely in the, the Roy Swank work. She's the English lady, is she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. then uh, then we started and then um, away we went. So, so what was your diet like before? Was you in quite good shape physically? Yeah, I was, but I was, you know, I was young. I, it was awful. Like, it was just awful diet. Like, just pizza, you know, just you name it. Like, took so much pop. Like, took so much pop. Um, just awful. High fat, high gluten, high dairy, high salt, high sugar. Mm. <laughs> like, you, like this, you make a list of what I don't eat now. Yeah, yeah. That was particularly my diet. Right, yeah. And so, like, processed, refined crap. Like, so, it's just like, and did you notice... Did you notice instant? I mean, how how long did it take before you so you before you to find the proper sort of diet? Did you notice straight away that when you took gluten out, like you noticed you felt better already, or was it like something that happened over over a period of time? It was for me. It was gradual. Yeah, it was gradual. Uh, I did have you know the drug, the prednisone, and or the the steroids. I did it was not good for me. Yeah. Right, so I was really, I really struggled with depression and like I just not it just had a bad adverse effect. And so then when I went off that and then the diet started, it was kind of it was more of a slow progress. I would yeah. say probably four months before I really kind of recognized a life change, like my like a, just a change. Mm-hmm. So what was so Doctor Swank and um, so the lady you said a minute ago? I've actually got her name written down, but I've written another book. What was her name again? She had a book out already. Yeah, Judy Graham. Judy Graham. So was there was their approaches? Were they quite similar? What they were saying? Uh, they weren't identical, but they definitely focused on diet, right? Like that, and they were really low fat. I believe was the the theme there. 
right. uh, the elimination of, of fat, saturated fats. Um, and then again, we just kind of, the way I see it is like a ladder. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, that my dad came up with was just, you know, more restrictive, but took out more potential foods that could be a problem. Mm -hmm. So what, so, so what, so what, so have you, since you've got, I'm going to go into your diet and I actually want to go into the research and stuff, but since you have been on your diet, have you had any symptoms? You said you're completely symptom free. No, I did have symptoms. I think a little bit way way back in like two thousand, but I had a virus. That makes sense. I had yeah. a little bit of a virus yeah. come up, mm -hmm. and I went and they went away. But so, sick. so you haven't had any symptoms, any leg spasms, anything like that for how no. many years? No. Oh wow, it's like I mean, it's twenty three years now. Like I'm good now. That's awesome, my man. So I'm fucking proud of you. Well done. That's awesome. That's a, that's a long. It's a long time to be clean as well. Well, you know, you see the other side of what, you know, what MS can do to people and how, how it can ravage the body. I mean, it's scary stuff. So it's like, you know, that stuff's in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I sit down to the table. When you see your film, if you, anyone hasn't um, watched Living Proof, I, I, I highly recommend you go and do that and you can see some of the people um, that, and you see some of the symptoms and what they are. If you're not familiar with MS, it's not something, it's not something to be mucked around with. Um, so for people out there, what is your diet now? What what are what are so you've got MS Hope out there? You've got the, the diet on, online. What are the things that you eliminate? What are the things yes. you eat? Yes. So the, so the broad strokes are elimination of dairy, elimination of gluten, uh, beans and soy, uh, low fat, uh, low sugar, low salt. The, those are the those are the big ones. Right. That's really the, the if you can eliminate those, that's kind of those key, key ones. And then after that, we rec we highly recommend people get an allergy test to see if their food bothering them. Cool. Right. If there's something else out there that's, that, that, that could be individual to the person, because you said it, it, each body is somewhat different. So you go, can you knock out the big ones that we know could possibly cause inflammation? Then you figure you refine it a bit with ones that could be problematic to the individual. And then, you're, you know, sometimes you're left with a relatively short list of what you can eat, but that's, it's, it's actually not that bad. No. Right? I mean, it's actually, you know, in, in today's world, I mean, back then it was like you were on the moon if you said you were gluten-free, dairy-free. Like now it's somewhat fashionable, right? There's a lot of products out there. You go to a restaurant and you actually see it on the menu. You don't have to, you know, you barely, sometimes you barely have to ask, mm -hmm. which is, which is, that's, it's been fantastic for me. Uh, when it, when it's when it's associated with people eat real food, generally, like if you go and have steak and potatoes, for example, and vegetables, you know that's it's just potatoes are potatoes, steak is steak, like broccoli yeah. is broccoli. You know they're not they're not all these other things mixed in. So, what I'd say there, so for people out, because obviously this is something that we we talk about all the time, yeah, on the podcast because we are soy free. I'm caffeine free as well. I think caffeine's got oh, wow. a lot a lot to answer for. Uh, read a yeah. book called Caffeine Blues. Caffeine Blues. Okay. Have a little read of it. Um, but yeah, so caffeine, soy. soy um, see, with dairy though, pasteurized homogenized dairy free, yes. I do very well on raw dairy. I don't know if you've noticed that anything like that for MS. Have you tried raw dairy for MS? No, we, we have no, no dairy at no all. No dairy at all, yeah. okay. And so and for salt, for, for salt, is that, I mean, you talk about table salt, you talk about all salt. Would it be the same for Celtic sea salt? Would it be the same for Himalayan rock salt? Or is it just broad spectrum salt? Yeah, I think right now we're pretty broad spectrum. Okay. Keeping, keeping salt intake fairly, fairly low. Right. 
and obviously sugar. I can understand sugar. Um, with, with have you noticed? Okay, what salt do you use, for example? I hardly use any salt. Maybe there's a little bit of table salt. Yeah, yeah, but... with table table salt, Matt. You're better than that. Come on, Himalayan yeah. rock salt. It's got six. <laughs> Here's the thing, it's like what you'll learn in this, and I don't know how long you've been in this game, is that like, okay, you've got, there are very few people who can handle this type of discipline. Mm-hmm. Like very few, right? It's a serious, It's a, that is one of the biggest issues I come across. So, that, you know, the, the thing is, okay, you got to go, well, how can I make this realistic for people? Like, I'm open to your advice and your thoughts to like even narrow it because I'm that kind of guy. But, you know, how do you get it to I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say narrow because salt, I think, salt, and for most people, it's like an essential nutrient. Is in it. The salt I'm talking about is like got 60 different elements in it. It comes from the land. It's, it's Himalayan rock salt or Celtic sea salt. You don't yeah. need a lot, lot of it. You don't need a lot of it because it's quite powerful. Um, table salt, I don't know if you know a guy called Paul Czech. Um, he's, you know Paul Czech at all? No. He's uh, looking to, Paul Czech's like a holistic godfather. He's He's been around for years. He's got the Czech Institute in San Diego, but... Recently, I mean, people in the natural health world have known about him for years, but he's gone and done a few podcasts uh, recently, and he's blown up even more because he's been saying this stuff for. I mean, he was talking about gut health thirty-five years ago, and people laughed at him. Right. And now those doctors yeah. are talking about. It. But he talks about the four white devils: um, um, table table salt, yeah. table salt, white sugar, uh, white flour, and pasteurized dairy. Says right. when people get those four out, a lot of the time they see a big, big difference. Um, so that's the only reason I was saying just just for for table sort. But so, but you so that's the things you take out. What are the what are the things? To be honest with you, have you heard of Jordan Peterson? I mean, he's a Canadian. I'm sure you've heard of Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I'm a pretty massive fan of Jordan Peterson on on many. On, I have nothing to do with health, but other philosophical. hundred percent. He's a he's a. But that's discipline as well. Him and his daughter, steak, water, salt. Right. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard of his diet. Yeah. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but his daughter had a lot of autoimmune conditions, like ankle replacements, knee replacements, hip replacements at like young age, massive depression, um, eating meat, beef, water, and salt, and everything's gone. And it's amazing what diet can do. Yeah, I agree. And so, for people out there, what would your normal? I mean, so what? So what are the things? Vegetables, meats are okay. Root vegetables okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's in, in moderation, right, for, for me. I mean, again, this, if you look at a typical day, I have like, you know, and that's the thing, I talk about volume too. Like yeah. I just don't have little portions sometimes, right? Like I have like, is that like the magic bullet you're drinking from there right now? Uh, that's a new, tr- yeah, it's, it's, it's a magic bullet. It's just water in there actually, but yeah, yeah. that's what I've got. <laughs> yeah, cause that, that's usually, that's what my breakfast looks like, that thing. So I've got this massive, massive, I've got the pro one, right? Yeah, yeah. And I make it huge fruit smoothie like huge mm-hmm. and with a heaping tablespoon you know, a heaping teaspoon of of, of turmeric right we just lost like you there. we just we just lost we just lost you there turmeric and what was the other one fruit like just, fruit. just huge smoothie, right mm-hmm. just all fruit and then it's just you know sometimes a little bit of coconut water in it all that kind of thing and then i that a massive consumption of that mm-hmm. and then i off off i go on my day yeah and lunch you know, would buff. be what would lunch be? Lunch sometimes a salad and then salmon or some sort of chicken or something else like that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, maybe some cashews or something in the afternoon, but normally I don't need it. And then, uh, and then dinner is the same. It's just it's not sometimes rice with dinner. So a little bit of a carb, but you know, um, so your, your diet is basically what we do. I don't even eat breakfast. I, I give myself uh, 12 to 16 hours. Uh, I'd eat about one and eat about nine o'clock. I don't snack generally. 
people were snacking. Right. I have like maybe a couple of teas, herbal teas, etc. But very much on the part of people have almost been duped into thinking we need all this a huge amount of food. And I'm always like the healthiest people I talk to eat possibly the least. And say least, right. not, the, not the least, but they have nutrient dense food, so they don't need as much. And they and they're full for quite a long period of time, probably five six hours, and then they maybe eat again and. Like, for example, you, you look the picture of health, like you do, you look, you're in great shape, good skin, like hair, and so, for people out there, like, listening to, I always say this, it's amazing, some of the people that, people that others listen to for health, and I'm like, they look terrible. Yeah, I, man, I I hear you, it's true, I, you know, I get it. Like, I was even like, you know, and I, I don't want to speak pejoratively to this. Like, I don't, I don't, and I don't want this to sound mean, but I was on a, I was on a panel recently with another doctor, with a doctor. And, you know, before we were talking, you know, you know, he, you know, told me when we were talking about where we went to school and all that kind of thing. He's like, you know, I went to school, you know, much way before you kind of thing. And I'm like, well, when did you go? It turns out I'm almost seven years older than the guy. And he's like, well, he's like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, well, I got a website with this diet, right? You should check it out. For optimal health, but you see that, right? You look at healthcare professionals who don't even know this information, mm, right? Amazing. You look at it and you're just like, "Well, guys, like, there's more that there's more out there." Oh, huge! How old, how old are you then, Matt? I'm 42 now. You're 42, is that? And I know people that live this life that are like 42. They look. People say, "How old are you?" 26. I'm I'm 33. I go out with a lot of my friends are younger, and they all think we're the same age. And I'm like, "Boys, you need to sharpen up. You need to be doing something yeah, wrong." True. It's the truth. I, yeah, you, I can see it in you, right? You, I can actually look at the person and go, "Okay, are you are you on the diet? Are you you know you're living the life, right?" Yeah. Thing is, I've kind of stalled out looks wise. I think you know we are. I think in my early like, say thirty five. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, that's how it looked. Yeah. And then yeah. physique. I mean, I think my physique. You know, I tell you, my, I say that probably in my late twenties. Yeah, yeah. No, you can see you're in good. I mean, this is the thing uh, as well. You're in good shape, and and, and so. So a part of that, you said earlier that they told you not to exercise. They didn't tell. I don't think they told me that. They that that was the advice for other people. Right. And I remember my, my mother's a nurse, and she would you know we kind of struggled back and forth her and I at the beginning because that was the advice that she knew, right? Right. And so what? And so what? And so what would you say to people now with MS? Is exercise a big part of the recovery or keeping healthy? Yeah, I believe that to be true. I mean, I believe that. I mean, this is, you know, we look at these issues that surround blood flow. I mean, another huge thing people, another huge part of this puzzle people need to think about is blood flow, right? Mm-hmm. Getting your blood flowing, circulation, all those types of things. And, you know, you look at other things like Dr. Jelinek in Australia. I mean, high vigorous exercise, like getting that. I mean, I haven't had my workout yet this morning. So, but as I, know, I will at one point go have one. But that's a huge component to this too. So you work out every day? Almost every day, yeah. Yeah, and what are you doing? Are you lifting weights or are you running or are you doing a bit of both? Yes, I try to do 25 minutes of cardio and then 10 to 15 minutes of weights and that's it. Like that's it. And some days maybe a little less even. If I can just break a sweat, I mean, that's kind of the goal, right? It's amazing when you're doing this, when you're eating well and you're doing that, how little sometimes you need to do to get a great result. Like is in twenty five minutes, ten Sorry, minutes. I, that. I said, I said, it's amazing when you get into this and your diet is on point. How little you need to do just to keep your physique looking very good is in thirty five minutes a day. Well, the thing is, and it's funny you bring that up because I've got a brother who's almost looks almost identical to me. Okay, and this guy, he's on a very similar diet to me now, right? And but he like he doesn't work out. 
He doesn't even exercise this guy. And like we almost look identical physically. Yeah, so yeah, like, good, yeah. Like it's interesting, right? Where you go like that whole is it ninety percent diet, ten percent exercise? Like it's hard to know, right? But the diet is just key. Yeah, I think it I think it's like the diet and then your genetics. I mean some people just look for some people got great genetics, they look phenomenal. Like they can eat the diet uh, and they're just going to look really good. Other people need to diet and the training, but I know what you mean. If someone, even when someone's not working out, if they're eating well, mm-hmm. they look really good. Like they look good. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and so, what is so when you went into this and you started to realize that diet and lifestyle was a huge factor in keeping people healthy for MS. Yeah, you went and you started to give talks around Canada? Well, I mean, I did. I mean, I guess I gave, I guess I spoke out a little bit in my early 20s, which is quite a while, almost 20 years ago now. And then, um, you know, I just, a couple things. I mean, I, I just, I mean, number one, I guess one of the things is like when, you, when you're when you five years, 10 years, people don't necessarily take you that seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, I mean, selfishly, I'll just be honest. Like I, well, I want to go live my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I work in the entertainment industry and I wanted that. I didn't want this to be my brand. And so I more or less disappeared off the scene for a long time, right? A long time. Mm. And I went and married and had a life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, like most people who we do encounter who go on the diet and all of a sudden they just go live life. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I, you know, started to approach my 40s when I, you know, I had some things go on that I, I wanted to start. I got really frustrated. I, you know, I, I literally got angry. What were they? Yeah, I just, you know, I showed up at this one, I, you know, I just watching how that the whole industry, the whole medical ecosystem around multiple sclerosis was just refusing to step up and talk about and help people with alternative therapies. Not even alternative ther- ther- therapies. I don't like that word alternative, like actual therapies that do something. And I thought I just got frustrated and, you know, I've got a background in marketing and all that kind of thing. And I just... I just jumped in. I'm like, I, I got to get this out there. Mm-hmm. So you're, so you're by nature, you've, you've always been into making films, or, or yeah, that's what yeah. I, yeah, 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 for a little boy. So this is awesome. So you can, and, and that's what led you to making Living Proof. Then that frustration. Well, that made MS Hope. Right. Right. Like that made MS Hope. Right. And then I knew MS Hope would do what it, it. It was the day we launched. It went global, like bang. Really. Without, marketing like we had you know those google maps you can watch where it's hitting around the world like you mm. can actually watch real time mm. i remember sitting in my office watching it like pinging and the globe was spinning we're like whoa like this whoa. is actually moving right mm. and then when the ms society of canada sent me that lawsuit letter the potential lawsuit letter i you know i'm a filmmaker i'm like we got we got we got to roll on this because this is like you know what you just said i couldn't write this Mm. Right. So, what, so for people out there that haven't seen the film, I mean, there's a great episode, there's a great bit in it as well when you're giving a speech and you're like, anyone from the MS Society here? Yeah. No, no, yeah. not not one of them. Like I've reserved yeah. them front seats. None of them want to be here. Yeah. Um, it's like they just don't want to know. What was what, what what letter did they? So what happened in the lead up to that letter? Did you know it was coming? And what did it say? I didn't know it was coming, but so we got the, I got a letter just kind of in my inbox and it just said, you know, it was this, they wanted me to revise the, the, it was the brand, about the branding of the website. Mm -hmm. Um, they wanted me to revise it and you know, they, they, they're going to, I can't remember exactly. They're going to take legal action against me if I didn't do it. 
and then um, yeah, I brought the website down and 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 fixed it. And that was it. Yeah, that was it. Like that was it. And they, then, they, uh, they didn't have anything to say about what you were saying. No, no, not directly, right? Um, but that was the. I mean, I can't speak to their their motivations or why they went, but it's like, I'm certainly not the only person out there who has a website that their letters have the same color. Mm. So right. It so it's like an underhanded way of saying. So have since. So what? So the more and more you you did this, you, you and your father. I mean, your father researching this. And you went you went around and and spoke. Why? I mean, have you had any other like letters off them saying what you're doing, or why are they continuing to ignore your message and your research? Well, the thing is now. I mean, I believe now on the MS society website in Canada at least there are links to diet things right so to, that has changed so that is good mm -hmm. right so that is nice to see that that, that that had that effect but outside of that there's been almost zero contact now I know they were they were invited to be on a panel with me in uh, Toronto uh, last year and they released a statement that said that there were factual errors in my film and this is not the first time these type of things, and I've requested to understand what those are, and they I don't get a response. But I do want to be clear there. I think there are because I think in the film I claim that you know we claim that there's about fifteen percent of their their money goes to research, and I think the truth is it's about thirteen <laughs> percent. Right. So, so it's even worse than you thought. Yeah. Technically, they have me there. Yeah. So so <laughs> this, this is the same with all these charities and societies yeah. I always say to people they're not the solution they're part of the problem I walk past a cancer research person and I'm like you're part of the problem I don't want to be horrible to you if you probably got a massive heart and you probably do want to do it for the right reasons but yeah. since we declared the war on cancer in whenever it was and one in eight people had it now one in one or one in two have got it you know and where's all this money going it's the same how much did you say how much a year did they did they um I can't remember. It was, was it around two hundred million? It's a, it's a ridiculous amount. Yeah, I can't uh, remember. It was seventy three or something. I can't. To be honest, it's been a while since so I've looked at it. So yeah, and this and people don't understand. It's like, where's this money going? Well, the thing is, this here. Here's my, you know, because I've had to, as a human being, get past these frustrations because mm -hmm. I don't think holding on to those kind of that anger, unless you're using anger and fear to push you forward mm -hmm. and quickly. Uh, I just kind of like, I, and I try to tell this to my mom, I said, just, like, just accept that these societies more or less are arms of pharmaceutical companies. And then once you kind of accept it, you just let it go. You're like, well, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying their best to get these things out. And it's like, well, but if that's not the road you want to go down, then, you know, don't go down that road. Yeah. But the awareness, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. I appreciate you doing stuff like this. It's the awareness. That's all I say to people, just to understand, like, don't get angry. You say, don't get angry. There's no point getting angry about it. But it's just, what what gives you the frustration is all the people with massive hearts giving their hard-earned money to things that are never going to make a difference, looking for a magic bullet approach that they don't want. And it's like, that's the thing that's frustrating. But once you understand it, it's just once you're aware of it, you're fine. You don't give the money to everyone and you, and you do other things. But it's just getting people aware of that. Yeah, and, and also too, it's you know there's a there's a huge cognitive dissonance between a disease and and what is actually going on for most people. So you show up at the MS, say bike run or bike sorry, bike race or run, and you or you go to A and W here in Canada, which is a fast food, and you buy a, a root beer or something to support it, 
But what you don't see is the people who are just absolutely suffering in long-term care facilities who can't even feed themselves. Like that's, they don't, that's not brought out on stage to, for people to look at the actual truth of what this disease does to young people mm. and old people and like all sorts of things. It's not just, well, it's this huge demographic of human beings who are suffering, right? And this is, this is not some game. And that's why I try to tell people, I mean, this is horrific what these diseases do to people. And it's horror. And if people looked at what it was and actually could see it with their own eyes, I mean, I think we'd have a protest in the street for what's going on. But again, it's getting that image out there. 100%. That's the thing. It says, well, people go and buy, oh, they go and buy these pink ribbon foods for like cancers or whatever. They're all the ones that cause cancer. Um, mm -hmm. Funny enough, they're sponsored by KFC and whatever else, you know, and it's just like, okay, it's almost like the irony. It's hilarious. Um, but... 100% people don't really see that's one of the things your film does do it does go into a few different people's lives and it does show people what it can be like living with MS and I think those pictures that those scenes are very very powerful for people to understand what can actually happen um, yeah. for, for people so have you had any backlash from either the medical community or from people that are just complete non-believers in your approach? We, well, like nothing from from pharmaceutical industry. Right. And I was that statement from the MS Society in Canada. Just lost you there, Matt. The National U.S. Just, just lost they, you there. They encourage people not to watch. So I just, I just, I just lost you there, Matt. Say that again. Yeah, sorry, there, yeah, so nothing from the pharmaceutical industry outside. Like the, there was one statement that came. Can you hear me now? Yep. One statement that came from the MS Society of Canada. I know there was a, a letter that went out internally in the, the the U.S. one, encouraging their their members not to watch it. Really? Yeah. And then, and but outside of that, no. I mean, you know, again, the patient population is is continuing to suffer. So, there, you know, there's, there's no one really watching the film going, hey, you know, I did all these drugs and it's 15 years and I'm doing fantastic. But put a call out for that person to, to present themselves. We haven't heard, heard from them. Mm. So, you know, this, this is the other thing, right? There is, you'd think that there'd be a huge, like at least 30% of people on my website being like, no, this is BS. But there's just not. Yeah. And so it's fact, like it's just you, you read the comments. It's more or less, yeah, or thanks, or you know, it's it's a, you know, you think even ten percent or five percent. Yeah, it's just I wouldn't wonder if they had any sort of like people said, oh, you're you're a quack and this is all nonsense. I just wonder, but it's awesome. That's that's great. Yeah, it, the, you know what we you know that was the risk, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're obviously you have a journalist journalistic mind, and then we what we did is that's why the caliber of the medical professionals in there are so high. Mm -hmm. And we actually shot with far more doctors, to be honest. But anyone who we thought would be maybe polarizing, you know what I mean? We they we I just eliminated them because I didn't want any of that. So what sort of thing would be polarizing? I mean, if you look at like, um, say, the CCSBI or the blood flow, that's a very polarizing issue. Right. I guess a polarizing issue. People have like a strong stance on that. You so see. it's like, you know, we didn't put Dr. Zamboni in the film. We're like, you know what, he's, he's too high profile in this, and they, people have an opinion right away. Let's go to Stanford. Let's go see what Stanford has to say about this. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's, you know, so we took it that way. 
Right. So, so you're saying, so you like, but in your opinion, you agree with Dr. Samboni's approach? Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with his approach. How do you mean? Uh, he's, he's, he's what he was saying about blood flow being critical. Yes, I agree with that. Blood flow is is really important in in this puzzle. Right. Do you do things like saunas, etc.? Infrared saunas, different saunas? No, not not actively, but you don't. No? I do like it though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. I didn't know this is a good thing it worked to me. You're in Canada as well, just detoxifying the body. So when 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 you when this happened, say when this happened, but first of all, the the research that inspired you the most was it um judy graham because i know you went over there and you spoke to her you went over there and spoke to her and she said that she's had a few symptoms but she hasn't been as strict is that what she is that that was that was the story how yeah, yeah. and so how how when how long has she been f- sort of following this diet but she was still in a lot better state than a lot of other people have, who had yeah. been with it a long time right yeah 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 i think she's i think it's 40 plus years i believe mm-hmm and you know, but she's no. I she. I don't think she's been anywhere near as strict as me. No, no. But she was still walking. Yeah, still walking. Yeah, I mean, she needed a little bit of assistance, I think, for long distances. But she's still doing, you know, much better than most people at that stage. Right. And so, people that you've seen follow your approach to diet and lifestyle, what are some of the results that you you've seen or you've heard of? Well, that means very similar results to me. What's that? Right? Similar results to me. And the thing is this, I mean, one one frustration we have is that people go on the diet and lifestyle and we don't necessarily hear from them ever again. And then all of a sudden they'll show up at a conference and you're like, hey, you know, where, where have you been? Like, I'm fine, right? And I try to put them on my on my Facebook. Like, if you go deep into my Facebook, I when they write, I post it or I put their you know photo or I try my best to be like, hey, look, it's not just me. There's other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's and that's one thing that I want to be that's challenging when you go into the media world, because they'll be like, well, it's just you. You're just a one off that type of thing. Right. And so that's where I really try to go. No, it's not just me. It's it's all these people. Yeah. And again, I can look at your face and like tell almost right away if you're on it or not. When when you said that, because people will say that, oh, just it's uh, they call it um, they say correlation isn't causation. They say it's antidotal because you know it's just one person. It's like "Mm, no. But that would be great if you could get all of them to come. But no, as you said, people go and live their lives. But have you seen anyone that's been, for example, and this is not me um, trying to to think the word, trying to like make it make some big production of this or try to give people false hope. Have you seen anyone who's been wheelchair bound start to walk again? Uh, Well, I mean, I guess it's Dr. Walls would be the... She's in the film, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to be truthful, I didn't see her in the wheelchair prior to that. I mean, we've got the photographs and all that kind of thing. Uh, but I actually haven't personally seen like that dramatic. I mean, obviously, there's stories that get written to me mm-hmm. that are like this, or I've been a walker, this this type of thing. I have, but I haven't personally seen that so, outside yeah. of their but anecdote. Be, but you've had stories of people saying they've come. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's Dr. That's Walls. That's the end of the film. It's yeah. the most dramatic. Like, we and have that, a doctor who, went. yeah, and that's that's pretty big for people to hear because you know, it's being able to stop symptoms is one thing. Being able to slowly reverse or get your health back is something that is huge, right? 
Yeah, it is. And I think that, you know, again, as you, as you continue to do your work in this, one thing that we need to, as a team, as a whole, as a team out there who are trying to tackle these issues through the approaches we're doing, we really need to be looking at food addiction. Right. I get it. It is a con. It is a problem for people that is, it's huge and it doesn't really get addressed, especially in North America. And I think that, you know, that's a, it's, it's its own issue, right? Where I see people like getting them to stick to this strict program is so hard. I mean, I estimate between three to 5% who hear the message actually do it. It is hard. I mean, unless you've been through for myself, when I was going through a healing crisis, what I do, what I do, I was very, I was ill when I was younger. When you are in that pain, you'll do anything to get out of it. Once you start to, so a lot of people, I do a lot of clients, once they start to get better, they forget what pain they're in and they can start to do some naughty things, not naughty things, but things that are going to, for example, eat processed foods, maybe have a beer, etc. And they're okay because the constitution's stronger and they haven't got MS and they can get away with a little bit more than they can get outside the lines. But for someone with MS, um, just having a beer or a bar of chocolate or some of the things that are in there, um, would that trigger you straight away? I mean, again, I can't speak to that, but I mean, I, I highly recommend, like, why would you do that? Like, I just look at it and I'm like, if we see it as this food is poisoning us in a way, like, why would you have a little bit of cyanide? Like, <laughs> why risk it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's the thing. And it's like, I know I hear this thing where it's like, well, 80%, 20%, like, well, why? What are you talking about? And like, what study ever proved that? Right? Like, why, it, why, why do we? What it is, I think as well, Matt, it's the social aspect, right? Lots of people, when they, when they're for social things, they go out and they have a drink or they go out and they have a meal with everyone, right? And it's, it's like, if you don't drink, um, if you don't eat certain things, it's not a big problem because you're all sitting around the table and you can not eat like things. You can say, no, I'm going to have this and have that or whatever. That's not a problem. A lot of people's society, like not having a drink, it can be like black sheep, or we can black sheep you or, you know, you're looking to, so for example, you said about food addiction. I don't know if there's much research into like, you probably have into the brain, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, you know, when we're, what gets fired together gets wired together. So when we're young, we start to cry. Uh, one of the things mum does is give her the breast, and so straight away we equate that sugary yeah. substance with comfort. Mm-hmm. So people get down in life, and then there's lots of that, lots of depressions going up from the world we're in today, um, and they seek comfort food, things that are going to make them feel better short term. Yeah. Uh, and also the other part of the brain, the, the mammalian part, is about hierarchy and not being extradited from the herd. And so if you have had all these friends all your life, and all of a sudden you're not out drinking with them and doing stuff, you don't see them anymore. It can be a real, real sort of like, yeah, you lose your identity. You can be real uh, people for mental health issues. It can, it can be probably a really hard thing to overcome because they know they have to probably make new friends and have a new life. Yeah. Okay, but here's my perspective, man. Like, like look, I, and I, I talk about this kind of stuff and I get it. Right? But like, look, if you, if you become sick, okay, I don't care what necessarily what, what, the, what, what the diagnosis is. This is a wake-up call to say, look, what you're doing in your life isn't working. You've come this far, but guess what? It didn't work. And that's not just what you eat. It's what you're doing. It's what, how you're engaging in society. It's your relationships. It's, it's, you know, what you're doing. Like it's a holistic approach to your existence. It's, and it should be a wake up call to be like, wait a minute, like this equation, like what I thought was going to work didn't. 
So I try to get people to think, okay, it's not just this. Like you got to start doing other stuff too. And that's maybe giving back. It's maybe becoming more part of your community. It's rethinking your social structures and like who you're hanging out with and what you're doing and what those activities are, right? It's just like there's there's a lot of layers to well-being. And again, it's, it's, it's you know, that, that's worse than this magic bullet concept where I'm like, look, it's not a cure. It's not a magic bullet. It's like it's, a, it's one piece of like trying to regain your health mentally physically and spiritually you're you know, there's three parts to you that you got to take care of and if those get out of balance out of whack you know you, you got to figure it out and this is where i get frustrated where i'm like when people go to the doctor right you go to your physician you, and, and you get quickly either pathologized or you get stuck in a box like in a very narrow box of like illness instead of being told you're a perfect person perfect you're out of balance right now we got some levers we got to adjust let's figure it out together and then day by day, you incrementally get better. Does that make sense? Hundred, I just, I've tried to. I was, yeah, I'm good. I pushed the right buttons. That's that's what I'm saying because I want you to say something like that because <laughs> it's hundred yeah. percent. It's a, it's a journey as well, and it's as much an art as it's a science um, when it comes to certain things and, and getting your balance back. But hundred, problem with going to see a doctor is they have about seven minutes at most to see you, and all they can do is give you pills. They're not going to say. For example, my consultations last about an hour to start with, you know, minimum generally. Probably, if you deal with people, probably the same. Um, they haven't got an hour. Uh, and they have. They generally don't say, well, how are you sleeping? Um, how much exercise do you doing? You know, how's your relationships with yourself and with your loved ones? Um, yeah, what you eat, I mean, all these things, they don't do that. Uh, and so this is, as you said, mind body and and soul and you know it's 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 all part of it and it's just very very important agreed another thing too with our system and i I think it's probably similar in the uk and you know it's a global problem right now is you are the center of that well-being like you so unless you are going to fix it help is not on the way you know, and that's the thing is you if you think you're going to show up and someone's just going to like write you a script and like it's going to be okay it's not going to happen. And like once, once the individual realizes that they are the center of the creation of their world, that they can fix it. It's just going to take work. And, you know, and you got to go out there and you got to just start, you got to make the, start making the changes to rebuild that body and, and rebuild that self. But it's possible and you can do it. hundred percent. And it, you said it's, Looking at things differently, you know, you've got to give your body the right circumstances to heal, and then you've got to look at things different, as you said. Uh, yeah, um, it's completely, it's completely that it is, it's, it's hard, or you say it's, it's hard, it's just a different way of looking at things, it's it's a different approach, it's it's looking at life differently, it's coming out, as you said before, you can you, can, you want to keep on doing all the things you're doing that are causing the illness, and you're going to take a, a pill, you think it's going to stop it. So no. no, it might mask some symptoms for a short period of time until you need a bigger dose or until you need more pills. Um, but you know, it's not getting to the underlying root cause. Long term, it's poisoning the body. Have a look at the side effects. It's not going to work, you know. And also, you said there, you are the centre. Whereas a lot of people want to give their responsibility of their health to someone else. No. Yeah. And no. Yeah, and that's and again, that that's an all three body, spirit, mind, and then people need to be aware of that. Like they, they, you are in control of all three of those things, and if you were, and it's up to you to work to work on them, to work on all three of those things on a daily basis. Right, you can't just phone it in. <laughs> you know, it's not just gonna like 
You know, that that quick fix mentality has got to sh- it's got to shift. I think for people if they want if they want great long term outcomes. And again, it's about education. It's about doing something like this podcast. You're doing things like that, but it's also about that new awareness for people, mm-hmm. right? And, I, and that's that's that's. I try to get people to wake. I say wake up. I know that's cliche, but I'm like, you gotta wake up, like. And you can do it right now. That's the thing too. That's what people gotta understand. Like you can do it like right now. Are you can. That's what I try to get people. I'm like, you can do it like right. Right. You're listening to this. Change right now. Mm. <laughs> and like, you have a different reality. You don't have to wait for it to come, or you know, second doesn't take time. You can do it right now. Oh yeah, prevention's worth you know so much more than cure. Cure. cure you know, so 100 percent you can do it right now. And as you said there, I always say on my my programs to my client. My clients said the nutrition is massive, but the mental mm-hmm. and emotional work is just as important. So like, we know, journaling, we do affirmations, meditations, discovery walks, all things like that. And I'm like, this is just as important. Because if your mental emotional state is not right, and your physical is not right, then your physical affects your mental emotional, and it goes round and round in circles. So taking that responsibility, as you said, it's like, what's that famous quote? It's like bathing. You know, you should do it daily. Um, because you need to, things can change, especially in today's world, there's so much noise, right? There's so much social media, everything's going on, the people are never, are never almost disconnected from their phone or from something like that. Yeah, I mean, man, I talk, I mean, this is obviously a huge thing, it's a totally different issue, but I, you know, I say to people, I say, look, especially you hear this, I'm anxious or I'm depressed, you hear that a lot these days, right? And I'm usually like, okay, look, why don't you hop in the car with me and let's go drive downtown and start feeding people and see how you feel after that. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how people start to shift. And like what you're getting at is like, there's two things. Yes, you are the center, but two, get outside yourself. Like start helping other people. Like start reaching out. Like, yeah, if you're down, fine. I get it. It's not good. But like, why not try to go help somebody else and see how you feel? And that could be as simple as just like literally driving downtown, getting out of your car and buying some food for someone and like listen to like how they got into this position they got in. I want 100%. I want to... Listen to what you said there. Um, this guy called Sean Croxton. You know Sean Croxton? Have you heard of him before? No. He's no. he's got a podcast called Underground Wellness years ago, and now he's got one called Quote of the Day. Oh, just, I've just just pressed on it. One second. He's got um, what was the? It's oh, I want to say I want to have this quote exactly what you just said. Yeah. Um, which is if you think money can't buy happiness, you're not spending it right. Okay, and it's true, right? But but yeah, but what he says in it, it's not about him spending it on himself. He said they they did tests um, all over the world, from wealthy countries to poor yeah. countries, and they gave people different amounts of money. And they said, you've got two hundred pounds, you can spend it on yourself. Okay, you've got two hundred pounds, you can spend it on someone else. And they found everywhere the people that spent it on someone else felt a lot better than the ones that felt it on, them, on themselves. I mean, you have no idea, man. Like, I try, to, I try to get people to think this way, but it is like, like, it is so hard to get people to cross that line, right? But once you do, like, it'll change your life. Like, it will, you know what I mean? Like, I talk about diet and all this kind of stuff, but, like, you start giving back to people. You start, like, trying to change other people's lives. You watch. Like, you watch. And this gets into a much deeper concept. You know, I go deep on this one, right? I get into quantum physics and, like, biophotons, and I'm like, okay, this stuff is people got to know. <laughs> go for it. Water. Go, go for it. Like, that's a whole other perspective, right? Where it's just like, look, there's a deeper reality beyond this materialist understanding we have what's going on here. 
It's like if you want to walk, if you think evolution and like we're all this selfish gene, if you think that's the end of the road, that you're just a survival machine, like you're missing it. Like oh, that'll take you to a point. No question these things happen. No question there's biological realities. No question there's biological truths happening. But you've got to go deeper. Like there's more going on here than just that. Like you're not just an ape here trying to survive. And like, like that, we're beyond that now. Mm. Right. And, and I think if you, if you push yourself beyond this materialist understanding and you start looking at life as more as observations versus a material, like it's things, you start getting engaged in a very different way. Right. And you, and you, 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 I think you are, you, when you start to think this way, you will go out into the world and you will start seeing that the people around you are pieces of you. Therefore, you've got to help them. Because if you don't help them, you're not helping yourself in a weird, selfish way. And then when you do start to engage in the world that way and you see people starting to change, you will change. And suddenly you start creating a better world that you live in, not just for you, but for others around you. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It's something like we're all part of, Paul Trek talks about this as well, where he said God is everyone and everything. So, yes. so it's like you don't understand. We think we're all part of saying we're all part of the same. You know, everything is. He's he's the good. He's the bad. Would you have the? Would you feel so good? But you did. Would you feel so happy if you didn't have the down? Sometimes it's all part of it. But when you start to look outside yourself and realize this is our human experience, there's people out there that talk about. Um, when you talk about some of these people in consciousness, they talk about. Uh, some of us are old souls that have been here many times and some of us are new souls. But when people are on our journey, generally uh, are put here to try and awaken other people. And we can sort of understand some of this because we've sort of been here before and we sort of understand this is a human experience. Whereas people that are not, some people are very matter of fact and they think that was all woo-woo. But luckily, you know, even science now, quantum, quantum physics is smashed out of the water. The metaphysical if even start to realize this is all very very real and energy and the way we are and 100 percent we're all part of the we're all part of this we're all part you know it's, no, it's all good me and you going out and buying organic food maybe growing our own food here but if we don't wake up everyone else all the soil is going to go the air is going to be polluted as well yeah and what, what, you're right but what people have to understand when you go down the, what i try to communicate is look what's in your observation like what you can see with your eyes is what God is creating for you to deal with. It's not a coincidence. If you're walking down the street and there's someone looking for money, you give it to them or you ask them what they need. God has created that experience for you at that time to wake you up, you. And then suddenly you've woken up another life. The problem is we think we will through our days most people just think it's all random or it's chaos. It's not. And, and that's why when you have that awakening, you go, okay, you stop. And all of a sudden your life starts to shift, right? But people need, like what we're talking about, like people need to understand that this will change their lives, right? It's a perspective shift that will heal, right? This awareness, this awakeness, this, this ability to reach out to others, right? But it's, again, if you think that you're just a selfish gene, like a, an ape, like for consumption, that will feed the current system. And I assure you, you will die, yeah, and you you die without experiencing much. You hundred percent when it's like people you say if you come from a scarcity point of view, I want this. It's for me, etc. When you start to give, or when you start to like put yourself out there and give value, you know, um, it's amazing what happens. It's amazing what opens up for you uh, in in life and in general. Just helping people, 
you know. Um, as you said, that's a really good point. If you see someone come down the street and they're asking for, for money, then, you know, sometimes you wonder if giving them money is going to be the best option for that person Some, like, sometimes. Like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, though. Yeah. That's not up to you, right? You give. When someone asks you, you give. And, you know, obviously, I don't know how deep you I obviously evangelize the gospel of Jesus Christ quite because I go, look, have people read those four books? Because yeah. what, what, what we're talking about is in those four books. Problem is, most people don't want to take the time to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if they have, they've skimmed it or they heard about it, you know. And if you actually read those books, there's the manual to what we're discussing here. Hmm. Right? It, and it's in a form that people can hopefully understand. So people want to talk about coincidences in their life, like oh, or, or they're like, that wasn't a coincidence, right? That that had to happen. Normally, when it's good stuff, so when a positive thing happened, oh, that was meant to be. Well, when negative things happen too, those are meant to be too. Mm. It's yeah. just how you view it. Yeah, it's all growth potential, right? Yes. And, and you're getting this. Sorry, that's my dog. And okay. you, you get, but you're, the thing is you're, you're, you're being given these opportunities to do this on a daily basis. Mm. So that's like why, why when you come in and I get an email from you, I'm like, oh, here we go. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to help somebody and like do some stuff and get some word out. But then I got to focus on that, right? Mm. and understand that it's not a coincidence you're trying to get a hold of me that that's like that's what i meant to do that day yeah 100% and it, yeah and it's like you can yeah 100% it, everything everything for i mean everything for a reason it sounds very vague and it sounds very cliche but there is some truth behind it things happen to you to 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 you have a you know you, you talk about god i know you're christian catholic i'm actually roman catholic but i'm not well, I'm, i don't i'm not Sorry. a christian you know what where are you I follow Christ. You follow Christ, okay. Um, I was, yeah, I've been um, a communion, etc. I'm a Roman Catholic, but I'm not a practicing Catholic. Um, I'm much more into spirituality in the universe, and I've read lots of books um, and lots of different religions, and they all mean, at the heart of them, they're all saying the same thing, generally. Um, but the universe, as you say, God's putting it in your life, or the universe is putting it in there. For example, I see nature as God. You know, I see, yes. it, I see it all but- as, yeah, yeah. So um, when you, when, yeah. So when you when he's putting it in your, we should do another show on this. Bottom line is, I was a, an ardent atheist, right? Like I would, you know, I have like in my library, I've got all the Edward O. Wilson and Richard Dawkins, and I would, you know, just just persecute people who were religious for years mm-hmm. academically. I did my master's work. I had like you know, biological determinism. Like this was like the, right. Until I started studying quantum mechanics. And then once I started studying quantum mechanics, Jesus Christ revealed himself to me. And I was like, what the, like, no way Mm. that, and that truly happened in my life. And then again, and that's why when we have the, when we go deep on this type of stuff, I'm like, look, please just read those four books and change the way you maybe even taught this information because if, if what I believe to be true of those four books, the things you're saying, all these other ideas, all these other thoughts, I should have no issue wanting to talk about them deeply and open my mind to, and heart to them. I just follow Christ into it, which is the truth. That's one of the things that Jordan Peterson talks about, isn't he? He says, tell the truth. Yes. Tell the I mean, truth. Jordan Peterson, I think he's trying to say what I'm saying, but the problem is once you say you're a Christian, you get... It, you get you put in a box, especially mm-hmm. in our world, where you're like, "Well, you must think this." So it's like, "Well, I'm a Christian, but I actually don't believe much past the Book of John." And then all of a sudden, be like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" 
right? Mm. And then you're like, oh, you know, you want to talk about Pauline Christianity? I can get into that too, but that's a, a really, you know, hard hard debate, which is a lot of emotions around this kind of stuff. This because it's become Christian religion. Um, same as some of the diet has become like religion. Like people, people are so lost they need to feel stuck to a tribe that they won't even open their mind to possibility some of the things that they're being taught are incorrect. Or, for example, you can. You, it's like it's what happens. It's someone can follow someone, and they can really like what they're saying. Then that person will have one opinion they don't agree with, and they just, just disregard everything they've ever said before. It's like no. Right. Pick and choose the things that you think are correct in what you know and what you search for the truth. You don't have to just, just completely disregard everything because one thing stands stands uh, yeah it stands out to you that you don't agree with. So I think that's for someone. It's like yeah, I mean certain certain religions. You know, people take it. I think they take it because they don't want to think for themselves. Sometimes it's like, do you just want to blindly follow a book, or do you want to actually have? the ability to question those things and see what works for you. Yeah. And I think what, you know, when we get into these issues, you know, when I talk about it, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't consider myself religious. I consider my, I, I follow a roadmap, which is laid out by Jesus Christ. I just follow the, I follow the manual. And you know what? It's not easy because I have, you have to help people. You have to do all this stuff that, mm. you know, it's not And but, but at the same time it is easy. So it's like, you just have to treat others like you treat yourself. Like mm-hmm. That's it. And once you do that, you don't judge. You just you it, it forces you to engage in the world where it's like when you walk down the street, you're looking for opportunities to help people, and God will create them for you. Like it's amazing, really. I mean, the number of people who I stop, who are say in a wheelchair, who just go by me in a walker, I just know I just stop. And I'm like, hey, do you have MS or what, what do you have? <laughs> How hard is it? Mm. And the person will engage with you. But I think that we live in this world where people have just fallen asleep. Like they walk down the street, not realizing that they're giving all these opportunities to engage in the world. Engagement has definitely dropped. I'm I'm quite guilty of it myself because if I'm walking down, I'll be listening to a podcast. I'll be trying to like learn all the time, and sometimes I should have my earphones out um, so I can talk to people. But it's because I, when you're in like the space sort of like self development world, or when you run your own business, you try and take every moment that, even if you're driving your car, you know you're trying to learn rather than just like listen to something silly and if you're walking it's like nice time to, to learn but 100% engagement is huge here here's a piece of advice I'll give you just to try this just try this for a month okay, okay. you have a month try to feed every single person on the street you see feed just just for a month so it's like if you're in a big city get your backpack and fill it with granola bars but stop each to each person and you call me in a month you tell me what happened. Yeah, all right. You, t- you tell me what happened in a month. I'm going to go and do that. Granola bars. And I, I can assure you right now there's going to be some stuff you're going to be like, you're not going to believe this. I'm like, I know. Like, I know. Like Once you get out there, because again, if you look from a quantum perspective, these people are, I mean, they're people, they're people, but they're, they're pieces of you. Hmm. So like, as you heal them, you heal you. Like you are together, you're working together to build a better life. It's it's weird what you're saying because I think to, to, so far today as well that like, there's this whole like thing where people are almost. I think I don't know if it's all part of their underlying scheme schemas or what they're trying to do, try to break us up as as a as people individualize us so much. Like people are almost afraid to talk to others now in case they might get like 
you know, people are so, uh, so, some people are so offended by nonsense, and you're like, can I do that? I don't know if that's sort of why people are, I mean, I, I don't know, when you talk to normal people, I went, was in Canada in America in the summer, and everyone was just brilliant. I, I was talking to everyone, no one was like different, it's weird, and you look at the TV, or you look at what they try and tell you, it's like, oh, this is going on, this is going on, everything's disastrous, and you're like, how much is that is real, real bullshit, because when I go and talk to people, everyone are great, they're just people, but you listen to the mainstream media, and, and people are actually like worried, some of the people are even wanting to share their opinion with people in case it offends someone, and so, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is real, but I'm going to do that, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to uh, try and if I come up to someone, feed someone, or do whatever, but it's, uh, it'll be inter- I reckon it'll be a quite an exciting day, actually. And then I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you an article on quantum physics, the quantum mechanics that you should really check out, because it's like, once you start going down that road, man, like, it's going to change your world, like, it'll change your life. Well, for business as well, was that, for people always worried about money, etc., all that, like, bring abundance in? Yeah, but the thing is this, like, you'll, I mean, remember, money is like, you can't worship God and money at the same time. Right. So the thing is, you you know, if you start to worship God and you start to do God's work, the money will come. Right. And that's that's the that's the promise of Scripture. Like you know, you're gonna get if you do this stuff. If you do this, don't worry, you'll get what you need. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it will happen. Yeah. And the thing is, that when I, I'd say this, people, you know, obviously want to put me in a box of just like, oh, you're you know, you're you're that kind of guy. You're like, what are you talking about? Like, I came through here through quantum mechanics. This is if I just do this stuff, it's like the diet. But you got to do it. So quantum mechanics, you're talking about the vibrations you put out into the world is what comes back back to you. Well, just the, the concepts that like things, it, it's, it's, it's getting beneath those layers of like you just keep going down, right? It's like it's DNA, molecules, quarks, whatever. You just keep going down until you realize that there's, a, there's nothing there. So then you're like, well, wait, wait a minute. I'm, I'm perceiving things. So what is this? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's like you realize that we're just energy. It's just an energy at the at the bottom. Like at the bottom of all this, it's an energy that we all are. We all are of that. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just listening. Yeah, I didn't know if you're gonna go else. But I was just gonna say it's like it's amazing how some people. It's, it's, it's people's a lot. It's like talking to our audience will be like. Yeah, hundred percent. And because the people who are new to this, be like, "What the hell are they on about?" Or like, "This yeah, is all crackery." Yeah, yeah. So you have to be a certain level of understanding. You've got to be open to these things. You've got to actually understand that. You know, because it's very easy for people to just get up, um, put on daytime TV, eat crap food, um, want to buy clothes and walk around. Or you know, you know, today's Instagram world. Everyone, all women out there, have been told they're not enough, so they're all getting like Botox and. and Lip fillers mm-hmm. and veneers and fake boobs and all to look a certain way, but no one's doing the work on the inside. No one's actually understanding what's going on. So yeah, people actually understand that this is. It's you've got you've got to look at things from a different perspective. You've got to be able to. And it's really honest. If you look, if you want looking good and dressing well and stuff. That's all. That's all part of the human experience. Go and do it. Enjoy it. But just understand that that's a surface level thing, and there's lots going on underneath. But it's just getting people. You said awake. You say don't want to say that's pretty cliche, but to actually understand what's going on. Well, there's what I see going on in the world right now. To your point, okay, there's like there's like three layers to what people are going through right now. You've got the avatar self in a way, which is what you're describing, how we look, and we have like a a model of how our physical needs to look. You have a spiritual self that's occurring, which is like on the inside, how you what your thoughts and stuff are coming from, and then you have your biological self. 
we're, we're living in a world where the biological self is being questioned. So you have animal urges, but you're being told all these thoughts maybe you have are just wrong. Does that make sense? Like, so yeah. we get this, Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot, where it's like, we're just ignoring biological realities. Like we're saying they're not real, right? We're questioning them. And then you've got this avatar self, which is like a construction that we're, like, we're actively creating by how we shave and like we put what clothes we buy. And so we're, it's almost like our own little personal creation. And then you've got this spiritual self and the focus on the avatar self has just become the majority of what we're doing, how we think and how we're perceiving the world. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we're just focused on this illusion of what we should be and how we should look and we, how we should act versus like what's going on spiritually, which may feel very uncomfortable with the world and what's going on biologically, which is causing all these internal turmoils in us. So we have these two parts of ourselves with the truth of what we're going through is just not a allowed to be discussed in most circles. So you've got these, all these people are just so depressed, anxious, getting on opioids. It's, it's manifesting in alcoholism and addiction. These people are just trying to repress all this stuff. They need these truth they need to talk about. So it's like, how can we put people in a situation where we can start unearthing? And this is where I think why Jordan Peterson is becoming so popular because he's talking about this stuff. He also talks about it in a way that completely, he's so intellectual, he, he, he says anything that you want to say, and he says it so well, and he's so well read, that he can just debunk all the nonsense that the other people come out with. So, like, and when, he, when you're talking about that, like, but to suppress biological urges, whatever you suppress is going to come back tenfold. And that's why I think he's come out. That's why I think he's come out. All them on the, on the, all the, so the left snowflakes, as I like to call them, because look, some things are just things like men and men, women and women. We are different. There's no, there's no like sex is the same. Yes, look, we're 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 all humans, so we're more similar than we are different. But you ever live with a woman being a man, <laughs> like or, or a woman as in a man? Like we're very different. Like there's even there's different things, you know, that women are far more emotional, men men are far more logical. Men, she and Yang, it's the sun and the moon. You know, they're all part of the same system, but they are different. They have different ways of going about things and. Them, all this Me Too movement and going too far the other way. What has allowed someone like Jordan Peterson to come on a big stage? Because he was like, enough. And then, boom, he's come out and his following is massive. And now people are understanding and having the ability to actually speak about these things at a far um, more inter intelligent level because they've got someone out there who's actually saying all these things, making sense, and he's delivering it, delivering what he's saying in such a such an intelligent way and in a way that makes sense to a lot of men i think a lot of men out there as well are, are a bit lost because they're like what can i do i've got all these urges and i've been told they're wrong it's like mm -hmm. men 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 it's the same with women though as well like a lot of women now you, you got want more it's like not all women want say we say want more what do you mean by wanting more like a career some women are like and the nurturers the one thing they want to do is have a family and bring up their kids there's nothing wrong with either one but it's mm -hmm. like people are it's very, it's very, it's, it seems like we've gone backwards. It's like we've been, try, we've tried to be so progressive that we've become regressive. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think there's also just, again, the awareness of, say, biological urges or whatever. I think that, you know, we focus, there's a lot of focus on certain of them, but things like rage, things like mm -hmm. jealousy, things mm -hmm. like envy, these are also things that, like, both men and women are experiencing on a daily basis. Mm. Like, daily, right? And so I, I think, I mean, I know I do to a certain extent. Right. It's just like, you know, I can't, I'm not happy all the time. <laughs> like by no means. Nah. 
And I think, that, again, that's that sense of like, you know, this happy level of life we're all leading versus the realities of what we're experiencing are just, again, and I, I know I get like, I don't want to get sound too preachy, but I, I really believe that if, if we don't restore the gospel of Christ, like we're in big trouble. And that people people need to open, reopen their minds to to what that means and actually just re-educate themselves of what that is. And I, I, it's amazing how many intelligent, well-read people I sit across from and I say, look, I, have you actually read the gospel, the four books? No. Like, I, I hear this so consistently. I'm like, well, then how do you, how do you have an opinion on something? Right? It, it, we live in this world where it's just like, again, people just, I, I, from my perspective, and, and whether it be the MS, whether it be this conversation we're having, people just don't seem to want to go deep, the majority. You know, you know what it is with religion? It's because a lot of religion, see, people see, this is the thing, people see religion, um, people are atheists or others, see it as pockets of brilliance or pockets of greatness amongst a sea of nonsense, as in lots of things, lots of things that keep people um, from actually experiencing life or that keeps it safe, but, but it's like, for example, part in the Red Sea, you know, it's like, this is just nonsense or, or it's, but, but they don't understand that these are all stories that are meant to have a meaning behind them. they take them literally they're not meant to take them literally and that's what people are trying to say people don't understand that, that same as the same as it's the same as the, the, the Quran and, and all the other books you're not meant to take them these are stories and we've lost our stories and people are so is that right is that wrong they want to make sure that science says it it's like you don't understand there is a reason we had like myths or stories like Snow White and the Seven, all these things, Disney, they, they've all got deeper meaning behind them because the best mm-hmm. way we used to do that as a young, as when we were in tribal ways, was to tell stories so to understand what it meant to go on, but people don't understand that. And when they hear religion, they think of preachers and stuff like that. Whereas there's a great book that I always like to talk to people about and say to read, and that's Conversations with God. Have you read that? I remember that. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it's a long, there's three of them. It's, it's, it's a long time ago. But, like, it gets people to understand, as in, as you said before, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, it gets people to see it as not this person in the sky casting judgment. No. 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 But this is the it's thing, it, yeah. It's it, God is in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but, that's, but, that, but, but when yeah, people say is... preaching, people think of, like, someone standing there saying, and God says this, and you shall not, and, and it's like, no, we need to get a step away from that and understand, you say, God is within you. You are everything. You are a divine being. Yes, right. Like the, but it's right in there. Mm. Like it, it's right in the gospel. It's, like, it's right there. Like it says that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people, so like, yeah. But it's like trying to get someone to read the, I mean, people are not going to read the Quran. The people are just not going to be like, because they see it as, yeah, I mean, and obviously that because of the church and stuff, it gets a lot of bad press. There's lots going on, but it's like people understanding what. So I have an uh, open yeah, mind to it. Uh, yeah, there's a, it's, it's, what you're saying is like it's that concept where it's like you know when you, that I can't remember the poem or where people are feeling the elephant and they, they feel the truth and they think they're holding onto a snake. Say that. Say that again. What was there's that? There's some famous poem I can't recall exactly. Oh, Donald, Donald Donald Trump did it, didn't he? That that no, snake. Or, where you bit. You said. Well, no, it's the concept of like, you know, you're, you say you're, 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 there's an elephant in front of you, but all you feel is the trunk, so you think it's a snake. Oh, right, yeah, it depends on what, depends on what bit you're touching, the tail, the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think what I tell people, I say, look, you know, Jesus Christ defines himself as the truth, okay? So then, therefore, if you follow the truth, 
you should feel you should feel comfortable walking into any religious organization or anything because you're just looking for truth. And if there's not truth, then like don't accept it. But if it's true, then it's part of the spirit will lead you into all truth, not just some, all. Mm. So get out there and go experience the world and learn as much as you can and just keep pursuing truth and keep asking the next question. Right? That's the mission, I think. That's the journey. That's 100% the journey. And that's why at the heart of it, all religion is kind of, should be coming from a place of love. You know, It should be coming from a place of growth and understanding and, and deeper things. And it's just we have lost that as a society this is why the emergence of things like yoga I think are becoming bigger because people are craving some sort of spirituality some sort of deeper understanding because one of the things you know even with like heart disease and anxiety and things meditation's phenomenal for all these um, and actually having that time for themselves and getting to understand yourself more rather than like what what's that I uh, think it's a famous quote um, I think it's by Hawthorne he says being Trying to be, let me see, actually I've got it here, I've actually got it, it's one of my favourite quotes, um, because, um, let me have a quick look, uh, oh no, I, I didn't want to get it wrong, but maybe I, yeah, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make you everybody else, means to fight the hardest battle which any human being can fight and never, never stop fighting, I think it's a, a powerful quote, because Everyone is almost trying to be like everyone else rather than just be themselves as well and understand that it's, you're on a journey and that journey is unique to you and you're going to get your, get your lessons revealed to you at the times you need them and you'll keep That's on right. getting these lessons until you learn them. I agree. I totally agree. And that you know, you, and you got to keep going. And I think that that one piece, and I want to, if we're going to wrap this kind of concept up, is if people could just, when I'm looking at you, like right, even right now, I'm like, I don't know why I've created you. <laughs> my brain but you are a piece of me hmm. and like I don't know why I did it and like it's weird and it's like it's it's, it's phenomenal and it's brilliant and it's amazing and it's like, so then I got to listen and I got to figure out okay well why have I created this you know hmm. like why have you created me yeah and then and then together we grow we get better well Matt, why did I come across your film and it's like what was that and uh, come across and I was like oh okay and then I could have easily not bought it I could have easily just clicked away but I didn't I watched it and then you know I was like I need to get this guy on my show I need to have it uh, I need to speak to him and why do I keep on persisting I, I, I could have easily just gone no I'm, but you keep on because I know that there's it's weird it's like I was being told that like, I need to speak to this guy um, I need to get his message out and it's something that I felt inside this is the other thing people need to listen to their their gut their intuition which I think people have lost because you what you want you want truth you want truth and you want to put truth into the world. Like that's, it's that, for me, it's that simple. Mm. Or like you're pursuing truth and like truth comes across and you want to go do, and that truth can come in different forms. Truth can come from like how we speak to each other, how we write to each other, how we treat each other, how we treat others. Like this is, like there are things that are just, there's truths. And I think if we go to that simple truth, treat others like you treat yourself, wow, watch your life change. Awesome, man. Matt, I'm gonna. Uh, we've been on for a long time, so I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna let you go, my man. Do this again. Yeah, we'll definitely do this again. Um, right. What I was gonna say, just stay there for one second. Stay there for one second. But thank you very much. All right. So, guys and girls, that was Matt Embry of Living Proof and MSHope.com. I hope that really hit home. You know, we went into a few other things there at the end as well, which is really interesting. I want to get Matt back on to talk about that. 
And when it comes to quantum physics, so it's very hard to explain, and you know, I'm no expert on it, and I'm going to be doing a lot more reading around it. But I know what, and it's not even quantum physics, but I know what people mean when they say that when you start doing things, you know, all in one frequency, when you start living that life, start giving and treating people like, start treating people like you would yourself and just be open to conversations lots of time I'm, I'm really bad for it as well you know constantly got my headphones in listening to stuff because i want to learn 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 and sometimes i miss what's going on right in front of me so it's nice to take your headphones off the other day i was going for a run and i just took my headphones off i wanted to be around nature you know you can learn all the time but sometimes it's really important to keep those and to keep that human element you know it's moving more and more as we're going man and machine and it's something we just don't want to lose it's so important and if you can you know um, try and help people out as much as you can see someone struggling with bags across the road or they're struggling moving something or whatever it could be go and help them um, me and my friend went out uh, just after just after uh, Christmas actually in between Christmas and New Year's um, I think it was about 28th of December we went. We made a decision to go out and we bought lots of fruit a couple of mince pies um, a few other things and we went around the streets of London and we just uh, started meeting homeless people giving them food and whatever we could and I'm not saying this to to be like oh I'm a master or anything because I'm not it's just about the people we met and the interesting stories they had and you know and just you know, talking and meeting people it was just something that was awesome and I don't know there was, there was um, I heard a quote I heard the other day and it was if money doesn't make you happy you're not spending it right and I think I I put that in the show as well. We mentioned it in the show. And so just think about that, you know. People are the happiest, but the ones that spend their money on other people. And it's the same with your time. If you help others, it's why, you know, people always talk about, oh, people aren't going to do anything if they're not paid. It's like, well, if they're not going to work hard if they're not paid. Well, volunteers are some of the most hardest working people in the world, and they don't get paid. So when you go out and you're doing stuff for people, it's, it's phenomenal for your health, it's giving back, and it's amazing what doors and avenues it can open for you, is because it's the way the world works. So, you know, that, that's something that we want you to take away from this, as well as anyone you've got with M, who know, you know who's got MS, please share this interview with them. Please get them to watch Living Proof. Um, go to www.livingproof.com as well, and also go to mshope.com. It's amazing that the MS societies, none of them want to spread this news it's like they're same as cancer it's like they want to keep all the money for themselves try and find a magic bullet approach that will never work because that's not how you you get health you know you can't make health through a pill or a potion or an injection it comes from within um you know it comes by mother nature's laws um so yeah it's just phenomenal follow matt Embry if you can on facebook and follow his site and i'll definitely be getting him back on you know it's he's someone it's almost like having an instant friend when we spoke, it was just like, yeah, I feel his energy. He's someone I, I would like, like to be around more and even maybe even try and do a film with him and just get around and, and interview some certain people. But, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that interview with people and really do spread the message um, of what people can do with diet, uh, especially when it comes to MS and other, and other illnesses. Um, as always, people, uh, head on over to www.reviveyourself.co for any articles, and also we've got our supplements there in the shop and different things like the Aries Tech electromagnetic frequency blockers and the Aquatair water filtration system, um, etc. Maybe getting more things as well. And if you are struggling with a health issue and you would like some one-to-one help, program structure, support, and accountability, then send me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co. We can book you in for a free consultation and we can see if and how we can help you. Otherwise, 
hope you've enjoyed that guys and girls um hope you're having a good first week of january and it's all going strong moving forward let's do that do that task for me on your values and your goals and if not your nightmare but mainly it's, it's get your values and your goals and then put those values and goals somewhere you can see them every single day so you can remember what they are and keep them in your vision and let's have a great year and a great month and a great week so as always stay happy stay healthy and i'll speak to you soon If you're struggling with gut issues such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today.